I just would want to encourage mothers and fathers who are going through this and getting seeing it in their window that it's coming, that the best is yet to come. That That's letting good. go of your children and helping them become confident adults is the bridge to the very best season of parenting, and that is to be friends with your adult children. That's Carol Kirkendall, and she's with us today on Focus on the Family, along with her daughter-in-law, Alexandra Kirkendall, and your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly. Thanks for joining us. I'm John Fuller. Uh, John, when your oldest Dakota left home, how did that make you feel? Oh, man. Uh, th- it <laughs> snuck up on me. I was so excited for him. We got to the airport because he flew to his uh, the, the school he was going to, and I was so happy for him. And the sense of dread came over me as well because I realized I'm saying goodbye to him right now. I'm always going to be saying goodbye to him in some capacity. He's never going to come back and just – it's never going to be the same. So it was a really mixed – uh, mixed emotions. I think that's the way it is. I mean, it's happy and sad all at the same time. Yeah. I can remember Trent moving out. He moved into some college apartments uh, last year. And uh, yeah, it was really crazy just uh, feeling that you're on your own now. Yeah. I mean, we're here for you, but you you're, know. You're excited, but also. Yeah. <laughs> right. But it, it is a moment. It's a demarcation of a change in the relationship. Yes. And hopefully the things that you've done to pour into that child, whether it's a, you know, a son or a daughter, that the fruit of that is going to take root. And uh, I'm really proud of Trent. I think he's done a great job. And Troy's still at home. He's doing a gap year. So we're going to you know, be working on that over the next year or two and see where he's going to go to college or do something vocationally. So we're looking forward to it. But um, I think this speaks to so many parents today because you, especially moms, if I could speak directly to you watching Gene in this, I mean, you're doing everything as that little child grows and you're taking care of that little baby. And then elementary school and junior high and high school and all those things that you got to do to comfort that son or daughter and then the day comes they're walking out the door and so many moms you know you can wrap your identity around being that mom and now you're going to move to an adult adult relationship and it's tough Mm -hmm. but we're going to discuss that today with two very good guests yeah we have some really uh, practical insights into this uh, phase of life when you launch your teens into the adult world and uh, carol kirkendall has Raised and launched three adults. Um, her son married her daughter-in-law, who's with us, Alexandra. And uh, Alexandra and her husband have recently sent their oldest off. And so uh, I think it's kind of a fresh topic for We're all for experiencing her. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so both of these ladies are quite accomplished. They've written a number of books. Today we're talking about one that um, is written by Carol, and it's called Give Them Wings, Preparing for the Time Your Teen Leaves Home. Carol and Alex, welcome to Focus again. Oh, thank you. It's been a while, Carol, since you've been here. It has been a while. But it's great to have you back. And uh, let's get into it because we only have a few minutes. So, (laughs) you know, when a child moves out of the home, whether it's uh, to go to college or start their vocational uh, future, it's exciting and it is frightening, kind of what John and I were bantering about a moment ago. Why do those feelings hit us so suddenly? We know it's coming. I mean, it's going to be 18, 19 roughly. It might have some late bloomers that have to hang on for economic reasons. But 18, 19, 20, they're pretty much going to be out of the house. So why why is it a, a sudden shock to us as parents? Well, I think that we do see it coming. There are pivot points all the way along, like the first time your child if goes to preschool, that that's a pivot. 
that no, you go with the child. That's oh, what Jean did. Yeah. <laughs> and we play with the blocks. Yeah, yeah, we went to be the... uh, volunteers. <laughs> <laughs> or the first time you leave your baby in the church uh, nursery. Yeah. Nursery, uh, you know. So you do have those flashes of it. But I think when a child gets to high school age, I I call high school the home stretch of parenting. And uh, there are lots of lots of pivot points and getting a driver's license and getting the phone that probably came earlier. But all those things that give them more responsibility that are adult responsibilities. So I really felt it mostly through high school. It just felt like this is the road you're on. And what is real is that your family will be changed forever. Now, that doesn't mean it won't get good. It will get good. But it's that moment that you realize. I I mean, I remember walking into the kitchen when Derek was just eating uh, cereal at the breakfast bar. And this is Alex's husband, right? Yes, yes, I know. That makes it sort of awkward to talk about him as mother. Let's get it out on the table here. It's not right. But this is back when he was still eating cereal. Eating cereal (laughs) in high school at the kitchen counter. And... I just suddenly started crying because I realized that would be a hole in the setting for the rest of... Okay, I mean, did just, you freak him out <laughs> starting no, to cry you know in front what? of him? <laughs> no, it actually was a tender moment oh, because I walked good. over and gave him a hug and said, I'm sorry, I just sometimes have to hug you. Yeah. And he said, I know, Mom. Well, and that's that's really the next question, which mm-hmm. is, you know, letting go is actually a good thing, but it can be so hard. I think, too, I'm sure every generation feels this where you're saying, you know, to let my child go in this culture with all the problems. I'm sure that was true of the 60s mm-hmm. and the 70s yeah. and the 80s, and you get the picture. But there is that... Um, fear, if I could call it that, that you're letting your your little baby go into this brutal world, but, but they've got to do it. I mean, you can't smother them, right, Alex? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's trusting that God has gone before them, that God is with them, and it is scary. You just open your phone or look at the headlines, and you know this world is a scary place. And that panic you can feel in that moment where you're saying goodbye of, did we do enough? Did we prepare this child enough? And I think for parents, yes and no, because we've all done the best we could do. And we've been faithful in planting seeds of truth and hope in them. And we have to trust God to work in them as they go out into the world. And you can always do more. So there's that feeling of yes and no and trusting God in that as you let me get that out in the discussion quickly so that moms and dads can put themselves at ease i i think gene and i have talked about this boy if we could have a Mm do-over we would be such better parents in so many ways i think most earnest parents would say that you don't do everything perfectly it's the first time you've done this Mm -hmm. it's the first time you've learned to let go Mm -hmm. you may not do it well Um, we're here to encourage you to do it well But speak to that, Carol. What were some of the things that you learned in that letting go experience that parents right now that have high school kids need to hear? Well, you're unfinished when they leave home, and that's a reality, that um, the application of what they've learned is now going to have an opportunity to be put in practice. And so the first year for um, someone who leaves home uh, I think they're learning more than they learned their, their senior year in high school because they're having to apply it in a way that's very different from when you're at home 
and you do have parents. Yeah, like pay the electric bill. Yes. <laughs> Let's just yes. start with that mm-hmm. one. And the if phone I, bill, what uh, have you. Yeah, I know, and, and that I can find what I need by going to the refrigerator or the the cupboard. So, you mean somebody has to put that stuff yeah, in the fridge? That, that, yes. <laughs> so to say that your, your son went to uh, his first rental home is that what it is yeah well originally now he's renting from a friend okay uh, okay but then they do have to start figuring all those more adult type responsibilities so uh, which again is part of the process yes is part of the process and i just think for the family at home it just feels hard to recognize that we're going to be different and i pictured one of those children's mobiles that hangs over a crib and if you pull one of the characters out of that, I mean, it just goes like this. It's unbalanced. It's totally unbalanced, <laughs> but it comes back to a place of settlement. And what what we all learn is that we get better at home and they get better away from home. Uh, Carol, in fact, with Derek, uh, Alex's husband, um, you said in the book, God gave you one question. Yeah. What was the question? Well, if I'm referring to the, what you're referring to, I was really mad at God that he had given us family and we really tried to love each other the way that he tells us to love each other. And then you take someone away. Why is that the way, the plan for a family? And uh, I realized in uh, perspective that he doesn't take a child away. He changes the shape of a family. Yeah. And so that helped me. But I have a feeling you might have had a different question. No, that's it. No, okay, that's it. that is it. The, okay. um, I think the thing that you referred to a little while ago, those pivot points, let me come to you, Alex, and ask you in those pivot points. I think, you know, there's obvious ones. You send them off to school. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. The license is a big one. Mm-hmm. Their cell phone is a big one. Um, what are some of those other pivot points that you notice with your kids? Yeah, we're at all kinds of stages because we have a 10-year-old, a 12-year-old, a 16-year-old, and a 19-year-old. Good so planning. All of <laughs> Everyone is in a process of letting go in, well, as parents, we're letting go in different ways. Mm-hmm. And we have to pick age-appropriate ways for them to uh, separate from us and for us to give them more responsibility. So uh, just this month, we had our 16-year-old decided she didn't want to try out for the high school soccer team. And we as parents were disappointed because Mm -hmm. she's a great athlete. We thought it would be good for her, but she had reasons why she didn't want to. And we decided as parents, okay, you're at an age where this is a decision that is up to you and we will support you either way, even though we had opinions that were different from the decision um, she was going to make. It wasn't a safety issue, so we could allow her to have that space to make that decision. Um, And then we also had some parameters around, okay, this is how you need to use your time if you're not gonna be using it this way. So we were still guiding her in that, but to allow our kids to make decisions that are bigger and bigger as they get older has been a learning process. Well, and you're reinforcing critical things that parents need to do at that point of adolescence. You know, I think we had Dr. Ken Wilgus on the program. He wrote a really good book called Feeding the Mouth That Bites You, (laughs) How to (laughs) Emancipate Your Teenagers. Uh I love the title. But his whole point there is you hand over responsibility in those teen years Mm -hmm. and you don't take it back. Mm -hmm. So if that's, you know, they got to get their room clean, they got to do whatever. They need to start functioning as adults before they leave the home so that they can function as adults when they leave the home. 
Yeah, and that's hard for me because as a mom, I want to take care of my kids. I love doing it, and I know that the time is limited. So with our oldest daughter, she left for college in the fall. Uh, that her whole senior year, I kept thinking, this is the last time I'll have a chance to do this for her. So I'm happy to do it for her. And my husband was a little bit more like, you need to stop doing that for her so that she can practice while she's at home and we mm-hmm. can coach her how to do some of these practical things. So sometimes in a family too, there's a parent who's a little more uh, willing to step in and do things for kids that they can do themselves. Uh, and another parent who's a little more, let's push them to work towards independence. And sometimes it's that mom-dad dynamic. In the book, you mentioned planting seeds. That's God's responsibility. Ours is to nurture, nurture the right. seeds. I could think of that in both directions, but explain more what you're getting at. Well, being a woman who was blessed to have three children from pregnancy, I have a great deal of respect for the creator's role in that and allowing me to be part of a miracle that I will remember for the rest of my life. That mm. So when he's knitting together this baby in, within a mother, I believe he's planting seeds huh. and that we are trying to find who he made this child to be and uh, respecting that and parenting in a way that helps to grow those seeds. And that they're different, you know, the children we have are all different. So we have to be the tiller of the soil to use the right kind of fertilizer and um, really encourage this child to become who God made him. Well, I like that reinforcement and knowing each child Mm -hmm. uniquely Mm because there isn't blanket parenting. Mm -hmm. You can't just use an approach. I mean, you got to know your kids well enough to know they're bent, just like the scripture says, Mm -hmm. and to train them and raise them up in the admonition of the Lord. Alex, let me direct this one to you. Uh, Trent, my oldest, who's now 21, he said something the other day that caught my attention. It was really kind, but he said, <laughs> you know, Dad, it's just so fun to see our relationship blossom into like adult adult discussion. I thought that was really cool that he notices I'm trying very hard to mm-hmm. treat him differently mm-hmm. now that he's out on his own and it, it, it changes. Your daughter's kind of that in that same age range as Trent. So have you had that experience where, I guess twofold, one, the relationship is different, and then how do we as mom and dad relate to our children in that different mm-hmm. time of life? Yeah, the relationship is different, and if we try to hold on to it being the same, it's just not going to go well because they know it's different, they've changed, and we've changed as they've left the house. I've heard it said that kind of the young adult years are coaching years. If you put on the role of coach, then you're coming alongside a person, a young person, and saying, I see you doing this well. This is really great. And have you considered trying it this way? (laughs) And those gentle coaching approaches rather than the parental authority approach works better because it's age appropriate. And so that has helped me just even that term coach has helped me as a mom say, okay, am I coaching her or am I trying to overparent her? And I think it's really important to have open discussion about that. Mm -hmm. I remember talking to Trent and asking him, how how do you want to move forward? If I notice something, Mm -hmm. do you want me to just tell you or how do you want me to approach this? And he said, yeah, I'll... uh, Mm -hmm. 
you know, I definitely want you to have permission to speak into my life. And mm. and it's just good to have that open dialogue with them and to say, you know, things are changing. You're now on your own. I got to mm-hmm. see you differently. You're not just my son. You'll always be my son. Mm-hmm. But now you're an adult and I've got to I've got to look at you differently. So how do you want me to, you know, talk with you in those ways? So I, I, would, I would just ask. Yeah. And, and I think for parents, when kids come back for Christmas break or summer break, there's that adjustment period of they've had all this freedom and you're not used to them having all of this freedom while they've been <laughs> at home. Isn't that the truth? And so having an honest conversation there, too, and the way we've approached it, especially as she was a senior and we knew she was starting to get ready to leave the home and then as she's come home to say, we still worry about you. So consider us your housemates. Be as respectful as you would with um, your housemates as far as letting us know what time you expect to be home. Text me when you get home so that if I wake up at three o'clock in the morning, I know that you're home. I don't have to get up and check your room kind of thing. But I think having that expectation early on and then modeling, I don't stay out till all hours of the night and not right. tell daddy. Like he knows where I am. It's that respect that we also model as other adults in yeah. the house. And I think, it, of course, some parents are going, well, you don't have my son, you don't have my daughter. Uh-huh. We realize that some there's gonna be some difficulty in some of those relationships and things are going on and culture has grabbed your child and you're trying to cope with that. And you have to apply a different parenting approach. We're kind of generally talking about just the normal household where someone's left and they're coming back for the weekend and how, how are you going to treat right. them? So, yeah. Carol, let me ask you, uh, when Derek, who is your oldest and is Alex's husband, again, yes. I'll keep telling everybody, <laughs> but um, what was that experience for you when you, you know, from high school that summer and then you drove him to college? Oh, gosh. We packed up the car. This was going to be a family trip to take him to college. And so we were just squished into a car with all of his things. And um, I just had all these visions of here we are together in the car. And we're going to give him all the information we might have forgotten along the way. Sure. Look at that open field. We can go oh, walk in and yes. have lunch out there and a picnic. Yes, a picnic oh. together. And, and pray, pray, yeah, you'll pray. You'll lead us in prayer. <laughs> yes. And, and what happened? Oh, God. <laughs> It was it was not good. <laughs> they all put on they they at that point had earphones that they could yeah, listen the headsets to the headsets, and... and they all got into their own worlds. And it was d- mom and dad sitting in the front seat, just going, yeah. you know, and and really saying goodbye at a college campus. I encourage parents to really do their important times and moments before they get to the campus when everything is crazy and um, they are out of sorts. They just want to get on with it, don't want to say goodbye, so so um, they're just going to try to get rid of that. And um, go have one nice meal out the night before you move in if you've taken him, them to college campus. And then whatever you want to say to them, say before the last moment because we were all in Derek's room and he looked at his watch and he said, oh my gosh, I got a meeting. And he <laughs> ran out. I mean, we just barely had time. And you time. were about to tell him all the meaning oh, of life. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was ready to pray and, and be really, and we, we'd lost that moment yeah. because in a retrospect, I know that is the way he needed to do it. Yeah. He needed to leave and he needed to be the one walking out hmm. 
And so when we got to the second one, Lindsay, that we took to college, Derek was with us because we were dropping her off first and then taking him back to his college campus. And he said, as we were getting ready for that goodbye, he said, let her walk away. Oh, interesting. Don't we walk away. So he, it confirmed that he needed that. That was yeah. how he wanted to say goodbye. And That's he, how he thought, thought about it. it would be easier for Lindsay, too, yeah. to walk away rather than her watching us walk away. Yeah, that's good. Alex, you had that kind of experience, I think, uh, taking your daughter to college, right? You had the the plan, and then what oh, happened? Oh, yeah, right. Well, <laughs> we wanted to have that special dinner the night before, and we're a family of six. We sometimes forget. We don't eat out very often with all six of us. We forget. We can't just walk into That's a, a big city table. restaurant <laughs> and say we're here and we're ready to be served. So we walked into a restaurant in our neighborhood, and it was full. It was booked. And it was the place she wanted to go, and we'd had a plan, and the plan was falling apart. But emotions were so high because we were taking her the next morning to campus. And so we ended up sitting in the parking lot in the car, People were cranky. She was anxious to get this dumb dinner, dinner done because she had things to do. <laughs> I could so relate yeah, to this. And, yeah. the, and we as parents were so emotional. And we just had to take a collective deep breath and say, okay, this isn't turning out the way we thought it was going to. So what's our plan B? Go to plan B. Try to do it quickly. and Drive through? Yeah. <laughs> no, we did go sit down somewhere. But there are so many moments where you picture how it's going to go. And then it doesn't go that way. And that's parenting, right? We oh, pictured yeah. it was going to go this way. It doesn't go this way. So we're going to go on to plan B and to be prepared for that in this whole process of a young person leaving home, whether they're going to college or they're moving out, they're joining the military, whatever it is, to have an idea of how you'd like it to go and to hold those plans loosely. Yeah, that is great advice. Let's, in the last couple of minutes here, let's just talk about the grief process. Because mm-hmm. there is a grieving yes. in the loss of your child, that little kindergartner, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, and you have to you have to deal with it to be healthy, I think. And so, uh, Carol, you talked about that empty nest transition when the last one leaves. And uh, how did God teach you about grieving that loss? Well, I had two other uh, attempts or rehearsals with the grief. So uh, learning to process it with especially other moms, because we we seem to have a a more alike response. Yeah, there's connectedness. Yes, but with your husband, too, because that's a very important time in a marriage. And we talked about it long before we took the last one to college. And so... um, we were more ready for it because we'd done it slowly, and that was the final one. Uh, so I think being aware that your marriage is going to change and you're going to go through different responses. At first, it was just great fun. You know, we didn't have to <laughs> go get the right kind of food for the one who wanted this or this or this. Uh, we had a great um, a great feeling of freedom ourselves. And actually, it came more further down the road when we realized gosh, we really miss loving someone together that's right here. Mm. And um, that was an important part of our marriage is loving someone together. That's when we got a dog. (laughs) (laughs) And truly, uh, you know, for a marriage that, that does that well together, loving something, someone together, that's a very helpful change. 
Carol Kirkendall and her daughter-in-law, Alexandra Kirkendall, have sure given us a solid idea about the emotions, challenges, and joys of launching teens into adulthood. Uh, What a great focus on the family conversation this has been. If you're a parent of a teen, I trust you've received some great takeaways from today's discussion. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller. As a parent, you know the day will come when your child leaves home. That's what you're working toward. But when that day becomes reality, there's a whirlwind of emotion that comes with it. Hopefully, today's program has encouraged you to be the cheerleader your child needs and to build their identity in Christ, that whatever they're stepping into, they have confidence to do it. And what a great resource, Give Them Wings. It's a wonderful resource for every parent to have. And you can get it directly here from Focus on the Family when you call us on 031-716-3300 or when you visit our website at safamily.co.za. And when you buy a resource from Focus, you're also supporting the ministry. And of course, we do need your support. We have something right now called Give the Gift of Family Campaign, which allows you to be a part of rescuing a hurting family. And you're giving them, again, those resources, spiritual support, counseling, and most of all, hope in Christ. If you haven't given to focus in a while, perhaps never, can you stand with us today and be there for these families? And let me say thank you for doing that. And once again, thank you for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm Alison Schnell, inviting you back as we continue the conversation with Deborah tomorrow. And once again, help you and your family thrive in Christ.